Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like, every couple days I just consolidate. Like me. Like I'm in a lab. Mixing up something good. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show. Basketball season is underway, but we're not going anywhere yet because, well, we cover everything here and we love football. I could talk about this 365 days a year, which I was essentially forced to do this year because of the pandemic. But now I got other people to talk to it, uh, talk about it with, and it makes life so much easier. I'm Dave Lochran on the Twitters at Lafay underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D with me. Ben Rasa, jack of all trades, master of some, they might say, at DFS on Twitter, and Sal Vetri at Sal Vetri DFS himself. Ben, what's going on, brother? Week 16, 10 games. It's a nice feeling. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to have NBA back. Uh, I may be the jack of all trades. This company's the jack of all trades, though, because <laughs> there are shows on shows on shows. There's bowl games today. There's college basketball today. Nonstop, but it's a great, great time of the year in the sports world. You got basketball or you got college content coming up today? Yeah, I got some plays. I just dropped them actually in our premium slack. So head over there. We've got the bowl games today, two of them. Uh, This is a great betting opportunity. These college games, uh, I've said it time and time again, not the most glamorous things, but you can make some money if you put in some time. Yeah, Sal, uh, you cover a ton of content yourself and there's a lot of sports happening right now. Yeah, there is. And I think that the NBA, this is probably the time of the year that I like it the most. The playoffs are pretty fun as well, but just by far the time of the year I like it the most because there's like weird stuff. Like there's going to be like maybe the Nets tonight play eight minutes without a center, but people aren't going to be realizing that. And that changes a lot for those centers, for some players like Kevin Durant. So yeah, I'm excited for the NBA to be back. But yeah, the 10 game slate and really the three game slate on Saturday, a weekend, I said it before the show, the Thanksgiving slate we didn't get to get. So let's fingers crossed that we get some uh, three game slate on Saturday as well. Absolutely, man. And then you've got Christmas Day. You know, a buddy mentioned to me yesterday that because I've been talking about it all season. The silver lining is we get all games on crazy days. We're going to have a football game on every single day of the week. A- after this Friday game on, on Christmas Day, we're going to have a game on every single day of the week this year. That's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, we had Wednesday afternoon football. We had Tuesday night football. We had several doubleheader Mondays. We have scheduled Friday, Saturday games, Sunday. I don't know. It could be worse. Look on the bright side. 
It's also time to look at some uh, week 16 football. We're going to go by position as we always do here on the show. And we're happy to have you guys with us as always hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet and help us get to 50 K. I think we make that push sooner than later. Now that basketball season started, we just had 1100 people watching a strategy show at 10 AM in the morning with Josh Engelman. And of course, number one ranked player, Alex Baker. Then we got the deeper dive. We got live before live, all of that stuff coming up today. So we're going to get there. But if you like what we do here, if you think along the way, we've helped you out, maybe win a little money, change your thought process as it relates to playing DFS, or you just really like us hit that thumbs up, but more importantly, subscribe and help us get there. We're well on our way. All right, Sal, let's dive into this. At the quarterback position where we start every week, you have Patrick Mahomes, $8,500. Lamar Jackson is at 8K. Deshaun Watson, $7,600. Justin Herbert, $74. Russell Wilson, $73. And then rounding out the 7K and up range is Jalen Hurts. You may look at him and say that's overpriced, but what we're seeing in, in a lot of instances here with, with most of these running quarterbacks, because of the four of the six players north of 7K, four of them have legitimate rushing upside. Jackson, Watson, Wilson, and Hertz. While, uh, you know, if he needs to run, Mahomes can, but that's not necessarily why you're playing him. Uh, what are you doing here at the top? Because I actually don't think Jalen Hurts is too expensive. I don't think he needs to be a priority, but I don't see 7K as a complete stay away where I can't get to him at all. What are you doing up here? Yeah, no, I think I might even think that he's a priority right now. One of the top guys that I want to get to. This, this is a slate where, look, it's 10 games, so there's a couple less quarterbacks to even choose from. So we can cut off half of the sleeve for just guys at the bottom that have an 18 implied total, just some stationary quarterbacks that don't look good at all. And now you're just basically picking between like 10 guys and up top is where it's going to be with those mobile guys. So if you go all the way up, it's very much a flashback to Mahomes MVP season might get another one this year where you just couldn't even play these chiefs at points. And if you want to, you're gonna have to find somebody cheap. There are some options like McCall Hardman coming off of a nine target game to still stack up this team, but they keep getting every single week now for the past month. So expensive. It's really tough to get there. Last week, I was trying to force in my home single entries and I hated the lineup. So I just couldn't get there. Me so too. yeah, like I, I'll go there in like McCall Hartman type lineups, but I can't get an overwhelming amount of ownership on that and be leveraged by him. So yeah, Jalen Hurts and Watson is really where I go to. Watson, once again, goes for over nine yards per attempt, continuously the NFL there. Doesn't matter who he's throwing to. He's been fantastic. And although his offensive line has been bad, now he gets the Bengals who rank dead last in pass rush. Like, the Bengals look good yesterday, last night against the Steelers team. They still only sack Big Ben once. Like, they bring no pressure at all. That's going to help Watson a lot in this one. So, right now, I'm prioritizing, like, up top. Let's say 7,500 and above, probably Watson the most. Yeah. Um, there are a couple cheap guys I actually like this week that we'll get into, and I'm sure Ben will bring up Mitch Trubisky before I can. But uh, above 7K, Ben Sal talks about Deshaun Watson in a spectacular spot against Cincinnati monster implied total big favorites and not a great run game. Jalen hurts. We'll get to miles Sanders. Will they feed him the ball against a terrible run defense or will hurts once again, be running double digit times and be forced to throw a lot. There's a lot to like here, but the Kansas city chiefs are the most expensive at each position. So Mahomes, 8,500 most expensive quarterback Tyree kill most expensive wide receiver at nine K and Kelsey's up to 8,500 at the tight end spot. Not even there's no one within $3,000 of him this week. It's tough to stack them despite the high total and the highest implied total of the slate North of 32. Yeah, it's more to me. It's borderline impossible just because I'm with you guys last week. I really liked Mahomes for obvious reasons. I went to stack it up and it just didn't work. Uh, there's too many guys. The opportunity cost is massive and you need, 
it's very difficult in the NFL. This is not like college football where a team can score 70 points, literally 70 points. And then it's like, okay, well they can get there because there's nine touchdowns through the air. It's a really, really thin needle to thread uh, with Tyree kill with Kelsey, with Mahomes. If you're paying those premiums, it's not to say I don't want exposure, but I will try to take some savings uh, to these other guys that are in fantastic spots. Deshaun Watson is one of them. I was actually really impressed with Houston. I thought they were going to get, absolutely crushed they did lose the game but they were competitive against the Colts um and now they're at home against the Bengals coming off the short week and the big win so he would probably be my priority hey Ben I jumped the gun here a little bit I was just excited to get into a 10 game slate it's right in that wheelhouse for football man it's the best you only get it a couple times a year I forgot to ask your opinion on the LA Rams uh who McVay actually said we are embarrassed very seldom do you hear a head coach say that Usually they congratulate, they say the other team's good. He couldn't even, he couldn't even bring himself to compliment it. He just said, it's embarrassing. We're going to have to get this fixed. It was bad all the way around. Now Cam Akers is ruled out for next week. He wasn't good. Cooper Cup stunk. Robert Woods was fine. But all in all, one of the most dreadful efforts, and of course, probably the worst win in NFL history for the New York Jets, taking them out of the lead for the Trevor Williams or Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I got to get your guys' opinion on that. That'll be our recap for week 15, because I think all in all, that was the biggest piece there outside of last night's game between the Steelers and the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what to really say. Like, I'm not saying I thought Cincinnati would win that game by any stretch, but I, I, I don't think the Steelers are that good. And, you know, weird things happen on the road. It, it's a shock to see the Jets win in a game where the Rams needed the game. It, it's truly unexplainable. I actually respect Sean McVay for not saying like, well, you know, we just didn't make enough plays. Like, no, I'm it is embarrassing. You. It, it is embarrassing. Wish, There's no excuse. So I wish more coaches would do that. You're absolutely yeah. right. Like, oh, we got to do a better job. Credit to those guys. You know, no if you're in this league, you're tough. That's just not true, Sal. And it shouldn't have been true on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, they were what? 17-point favorites. It reminds me of two years ago, I think the Vikings were 17-point favorites versus the Jaguars. Same thing happened. And there was like comments afterwards about how they were just like sleepwalking through practices and games and thinking it was basically a bye week. So I assume something like that was happening here because – like you, you look up at the box score, the Jets are up like what, 20 to seven, 20 to three. They were never like dominating. They were like barely scoring, settling for field goals, not really doing much on defense. Just there was a couple of drops. They were getting enough pressure on Jared Goff to kind of rattle him. I think he was sacked three times in a game. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't great. You lose Cam Akers, gets injured, leaves for like a drive and a half. And yeah, I guess sleepwalking through the game, I guess is the best way to say it. And I think McVeigh probably sensed that afterwards. Sal, I was so lucky to be at my brother and sister-in-law's house for, for my, uh, for my nephew's second birthday. You're going to drop uh, a clip. What's that? You're going to like drop some sort of clip on a money line parlay. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was, try- I was trying to be present. You know what I mean? Keep right. the phone away, do the thing, the Pollyanna gifts and all of that stuff. The cake. Right. If I was home, I would have hammered the Jets money line at, or the Rams money line at halftime. I don't think there's any right. doubt that I would have been all over that. I'm sure you think it was still minus money, even though they're down, what, three scores? Probably. Well, I would have hit it in the third quarter then, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I would have hit it probably – I would have probably hit them if they were still favorites, Ben. And then if it went into the third quarter as like – or into the fourth quarter as a two-score game and you see it move to what, like plus two, 250, something something like that, if they're down two scores with only a quarter to play, I'd have hit it again. I'd have probably hit it multiple times. Yeah, I mean, just coming off – you know, the Raiders game and whatnot. It, it just felt like the, I, I'd be honest, I wasn't paying attention to that game because of that. I, even when I saw them go down, it was just like, oh, wow, this is going to be closer than you think. They're just going to have to come back and rally. And they, they just didn't. Um, 
it, it's a weird situation. I don't think it affects that much for the Seattle game. This is a key game, and I do think they'll be ready to play. But, man, what a, what a missed opportunity and, and a disgraceful loss. <laughs> Jeff Young in uh, chat says, a $200 money line, yeah. Jets and Bengals, I assume he meant to put parlay in there. Would have got would have won you seventeen thousand dollars. So yeah, my bro, my my cousin woke up this morning and said, "I wonder if I would have put like fifty bucks on that parlay if it would have paid for all of my college debt." <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed impossible. And, oh, yeah. and, and last thing here, Sal, and then we'll get on back to these quarterbacks because there's a few I really like here. Uh, the Steelers, even at halftime, I did not feel that same urge to say, "Well, they're going to crush the Bengals in the second half." They came back; they've started to look better, but. There feels like it feels like there is truly something broken with this Pittsburgh team right now. Yeah, I mean their their running game has just been in shambles all year long because of James Conner's just continued injuries at this point. Maybe that'll change this week. Could be an interesting play, but I mean I'm probably not the guy to ask for Steelers fans because I just think Big Ben is terrible. Like this entire season, we've seen him be very inaccurate, taking short passes. At one point in the year, it's dropped off. Now all three of those starting Steelers receivers were top 15 in yards after the catch. They had the number one overall defense. They're still ranking as that right now. That's going to help you get some wins against one of the bottom five schedules in the league. So I think it kind of covered up Big Ben stuff. I started to hear like the Skip Baylesses of the world saying MVP for the 11 and 0 team, and I was like, Oh God, what's, what's going on? This guy's averaging six yards per attempt. He's barely accurate. Most of his passes are within the first 10 yards downfield. So. You're starting to see that now, and you saw it in a major way last night because that was just disgusting. Absolutely. I didn't care about his yards per attempt when he was throwing 50 times a game because right. I wasn't rostering him. I was rostering Deontay Johnson. And 13 targets let the man do some work after the catch. Uh, Eric Ebron had a terrible tight end position. I'm with you. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been good, but there was still a lot of value during that win streak uh, on some of these receivers. 100%. Uh, and they were wildly underpriced, I think, too, right? Like, and and we haven't seen them. Like, this is the first time, I think, on the main slate that we're seeing them in, like, a month. Like, they've been on these Tuesday night games. Point. So, I think they're still going to be underpriced coming off the game. It might be a decent spot for them with the sentiment down. Yeah. And Deontay Johnson, Ben, just double-digit targets every single – it doesn't matter if the guy drops 10 balls a game. Did better yesterday. The, the amount of targets he gets every single week, like, you just lock it in. 10-plus targets. Oh, no doubt. They hold some value for DFS. I just – I do not think they're particularly good. Um Oh, they're so, in trouble. No, I mean, whatever. It's if the Ravens would have got them on Thanksgiving, I wouldn't be doing the show. I'd be on my private island. That's, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Right. Sticking with you though, Ben. The six K range is insanely shallow, right? When's the last time we saw a slate with ten plus games where there were only two quarterbacks priced between six and seven thousand? We just talked about Ben Roethlisberger. We need not speak further on that. But I got to tell you. And maybe this will uh, maybe this will make you guys a little bit sick to your stomach. I like Baker Mayfield. I like don't laugh at me. I like Baker Mayfield this week. He's played really great football lately. The Jets give up big passing games. They do. Simple as that. You want to talk about the run all you want? Fine. And maybe Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt pop off. Very possible. But it's also possible that Baker Mayfield, as have many other quarterbacks this season goes off for a huge game uh, in, in New York. And, and we're looking at a $6,100 quarterback that ends up blowing up for 30 fantasy points. I don't think it's crazy at all. This range, this little micro range. Uh, micro I think range. If, if you could, no, seriously, though, there's four of these guys. You've got Baker, you've got Goff, Matt Ryan going against Mahomes, and then Trubisky against the Jags. I love it. The, these are where you're probably going to pay down. Um, it's weird. You mentioned this. It's like island pricing. You've got the guys up top. 
dead and then there's complete gap and then you've got to me these four reasonable plays and that's about it so uh i get it listen they're not going to overlook the jets obviously uh, coming off what just happened and baker is playing better golf in the bounce back matt ryan gonna have to try to keep pace and trubisky gets a great matchup so all four of these guys uh, hold some value in my eyes yeah i know um it's it's not they aren't guys that are entirely reliable, Sal. And I know you talked about maybe, hey, you got to prioritize some players up top. I agree. But of the quarterbacks that I did write down, all four that Ben just mentioned, I have listed. Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, and Mitch Trubisky in these, as he called it, a micro range. Trubisky against Jacksonville, 5,700. Uh, he could have done a lot more had they not – we don't have to get into that. But he had a lot of opportunities in goal-to-go situations – to throw or run for pat for touchdowns didn't get it Goff against seattle bounce back spot baker mayfield against the jets uh and then uh, matt ryan against kansas city finally a big bounce back or a good bounce back game from him but if you're looking in a cheaper range below 7k how do you avoid this range sal that's really the question yeah really and, and to start with baker like i i really can't see myself getting to like top end lineups with these guys. But if I'm playing a lot of lineups, yeah, I think I could probably get 10, 12% somewhere around there of right. some sort of stacks here, because if you're going to have Baker, people are going to just jump to automatically. Ah, oh, this team likes to run the ball more. Ah, uh, this team in general, like you're up by 10 against the jets. All right. Well, Patrick Mahomes threw for five touchdowns against the jets at a high price point and won the slate as like a 15 point favorite. So 10 point favorite, I'm not too worried. Okay. But the Browns run more. Well, that's not been the case the last couple of weeks. They've been unleashing Baker these last three weeks. They were up by multiple scores against the giants. He dropped back 35 times through 32 times. Nick Chubb and Hunt only combined for 22 carries. And we've been seeing that each of basically these last three weeks, even when they're up massively, like four or five scores against the Titans, they're still throwing pretty aggressively in the yeah. third quarter. Yeah. So I do think that there's something to change it. Like a lot of the narrative is going to be just basically uh, Nick Chubb and he's still a fine play this week. Like go there, go to hunt. Don't be focusing on the quarterback. This is as good of a matchup as against for a quarterback against his Jets defense with a nice implied total. So Baker's a guy like the most out of all those guys. Yeah, I think Trubisky's fine as well. He's in a very similar situation against Jacksonville. You know what the stacking options there. Minnesota has been able to kind of silence Allen Robinson, like the only team to do that this year twice, uh, leaving him below, I think like 85 yards or below on like four receptions in each game. So I think that's just something going on with scheme-wise to kind of take him out after the first quarter. But Baker would be the guy after that. I think Jerry Goff just might kind of be somebody that people go to. He does get more volume in these com more competitive games. And now no Cam Akers. I'll probably lean to Baker in that range and get away from some of the others. Hey, did you guys see, and I'm going to mention this, but we talked about it yesterday. If you ever missed the recap show, check it out. It's from Monday at 11 a.m. with Josh Ingham and Adam Sharon and myself. We go over everything from a fantasy cruncher standpoint, uh, lineup, study, all of that. It's a really fun show. I think you'll enjoy it, and it really will help, I promise. Uh, did you guys see that the Millie Maker winner was another double wide receiver running back stack with no quarterback? Wow, really? No. I swear to God. Yes. They had da uh, David Montgomery and Mooney. Mooney. And then um, what would the other combo have been? Another running back wide receiver without the quarterback. That was the winner of the Millie Maker again. It's now happened in back-to-back -back weeks. Wow. Yeah, it's been a product of these slates because these teams and the the Browns are one of them. The Titans are another one. They're producing on like a macro level where uncorrelated plays are being able to get there. Like when Derrick Henry's running wild, your first thought is that Tannehill is completely done, but that hasn't been the case. And even here, there's a very real chance that I think Nick Chubb's going to have a, a very good game, but that's not going to dissuade me from having Baker. I'm not saying I'm playing them together, but at this point, these teams are able to really extend and kind of blanket cover uh, TD equity, it really changes permutations of what you can do in some rosters. Absolutely. Uh, it was 
It was DeAndre Swift and Marvin Jones. There you go. And then second place had Pollard and Lamb with no quarterback. The, and, the Higby, other... and Higby and Woods with no quarterback in the same lineup. Second, it's, it's also just a so product. Crazy. Yeah, it's just so crazy. Like we we touched on it last week. Like like those scenarios, I'm just like, oh, that's never gonna happen again. Like Swift got in on these one yard carries. CD Lamb returned like an onside kick for for that to be able to work out. But it, like the other weeks when we're talking about it, it makes sense because it's so concentrated to the running game with Montgomery uh, and then the passing game with like Allen Robinson. Those situations this week seems a little bit more fluky with that. But I guess the Swift scenario also plays out with no Galladay for Marvin Jones. For sure, and I, I definitely don't. I would not advise Higby Woods, like two pass catchers and no quarterback. To me, that doesn't make enough sense unless it's like a massive stack where you're running a three-player stack on the other team. But, Ben, the reason I bring this up is because you just watch. It's going to be a Rashard Higgins, Nick Chubb stack that wins it, and Baker Mayfield will not be involved. So part of this, I think, comes down to that there's – not just Lamar anymore who can do it on the ground. There are raw point quarterbacks that can rack up a hundred yards rushing and it changes the permutation. Now Jalen hurts has risen in price, but last week he was the pay down option and he, all he had to do was outscore those statue quarterbacks, even though they get a head start because their weapons have a good game. You can make that up really quickly when you're running wild. So that's something to keep in mind. And I think that does change it. It's a fine line though. Like you said, Lafayette, you can do that, but you can't at the same time, you know, pairing two big time wide receivers on the same team without their quarterback is a mistake. It is. Uh, ben, one more here, and then we'll get your bottom tier QBs if you have anything. Uh, I always, we always try and just go down the position at each tier. So even if we don't fall in love with anyone, we'll hit on a couple that might be somewhat viable if you're trying to get crazy. Uh, the two that I came up with, Ben, below that, as you said, micro range of Mayfield, Goff, Ryan, and Trubisky, which I think is where you want to live if you're not in the elite tier, 7K and up. Uh, Drew Locke against the Chargers, $5,000. There is a very – there's a decent likelihood that Herbert slings it early, assuming everyone's healthy and plays, uh, and, and they go up early, and Drew Locke is forced to throw the football uh, against a – against a much less in, uh, intimidating defense. So there is that uh, because last week going up against Buffalo, I wasn't surprised to see a rough game. Uh, and then Brian Finley, who I would never touch. I was just, I'm just mentioning it because I couldn't believe how much he, how much he got away with rushing with that 23 yard carry and, and really designed runs that threw the Pittsburgh Steelers off. But the only guy I'd even talk about would be Drew Locke. Uh, and even that is tough. So do you have anyone down there? No, uh, Drew Locke. The only reason I would play him is that if you, if you do that, you're able to do Deeper you know, Ridley and Tyree kill and things like that. So you're, you're just hoping to get enough in terms of a multiplier from a Denver stack that you can basically pick any one offs that you want. For sure. And yeah, that's the only reason I talk about it too, Sal, is because not only are you getting a cheap quarterback, but then you're getting like every one of his pass catchers. If you played two of them under 5k, that's really the only, you know, positive to that. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Like the one guy that I want to just try and go to, like I keep doing it week in and week out is like Teddy Bridgewater. Cause he just has the weapons to correlate it with, but this matchup's not going to be the one just a 21 and a half implied total. So I think, I think still probably Mitch at 57 is the lowest right now that I have start off for a quarterback. All right. So Let's talk running backs here. Before we do, if you guys haven't used the Caruso promo, just 
seriously do it. It's $1 gets you all of our NBA content through the first week of the year. We've been running this since preseason, but you still have time. And the season starts legitimately, right? In earnest today, two game slate. $1 promo code Caruso at checkout. C-A-R-U-S-O, awesome.com slash join. Gets you everything. Player projections, ownership projections, the boom bust tool, the lineup builder. Anything to give you an edge and get you winning in NBA DFS early and often. Start the season out on the right foot for one single dollar. Think of it as an investment. It's not even a decision. It's an investment. You invest a dollar, right? And you put yourself in a position to make considerable money back. And let's just say the off chance you don't, you lost a dollar. There's literally not a decision to be made here. The choice is made. $1 Caruso at checkout. And if you have any questions, hit me up at Lafayette underscore D on Twitter. My DMs are open. I'm happy to help you out. Sal, Christian McCaffrey hoping to play or to practice this week. We've heard that one before. Uh, $9,200. He is living on an island in a tier of his own. After him, though, it's Nick Chubb against the Jets, Montgomery, who's been on a tear against Jacksonville, Eckler, who disappointed against Denver, uh, Jonathan Taylor in pit, and then Miles Sanders at Dallas. I'm actually going to leave him out for a minute because I think we need to spend some time there. What are you doing with the 7,300 and up range at running back? Yeah, I think that the guy, so, I mean, if McCaffrey plays all of interest, everything looks bad from a matchup-wise and also 21.5 total, but that's exactly how his season was every single week last year, uh, being 10-point underdogs with that Carolina team towards the end of the season with just backup quarterbacks in. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about that. I like him either way. He'll project for around 20-plus points. If he's going to play, I'm going to assume that he's fully healthy and gets all the work. So that's fine for me. And then Eckler. So Eckler played, they're saying, that like almost like a 70%, 75% overall health in that last game on Thursday Night Football. Did not look great, but he still got the volume, which was good to see. It wasn't a situation where you saw, I mean, you had Justin Jackson healthy scratched. They barely used in that game the rookie Joshua Kelly, and then Balaj kept getting like he had like his one-yard touchdown, and he got his like five or six touches. So I think I would go to Eckler out of all these options. It is kind of just slim pickings. That's why I would end up there. But we've seen this massive target share. It dropped off in that last game, hoping that that drops people off of him. He's still averaging over seven targets per game when healthy. So $7,600 Eckler, 25.5 team total. That's where I would go above that range. What about you, Ben? Yep, Austin Eckler for me. Uh, love the matchup. Obviously can catch the ball. And I'm not saying he's a workhorse back, but I do want to point out that Denver, uh, last three games, rushing yards allowed per attempt, 6.6. That's by far the worst Ooh. in the league. Uh, they've been absolutely gutted. And he's going to get still, you know, probably 10-plus carries, especially if it's a positive game script, in addition to those targets. So I think Eckler's in a good bounce-back spot. I'm probably going to – I mean, it kind of forces you to save a little money at running back here. We'll see what's up with McCaffrey. But other than that, I'm not really looking to chase David Montgomery. He's playing very well, but he's also really fortunate right now with touchdowns, finding the end zone a lot. Taylor's got a tough matchup with the Steelers. Chubb is, I mean, certainly in play against the Jets. It wouldn't fault anyone there, but it's not the best top end running back range I've ever seen. David Montgomery has 472 or 434 rushing yards over his last four games. In the prior nine games, he had 472 rushing yards. So almost 50% of his production on the season has come over this last four-game stretch, where he had 32 for 146 and two last week, or on Sunday, 11 for 113 and a score the week before, 17 for 72 and two touchdowns the week prior, and 11 for 103 scoreless, but a uh, receiving touchdown the week prior to that. 
he is expensive. There's no doubt about it. But against Jacksonville, I'm still not opposed to it. I, I, I think at this point, Montgomery could get another 20-plus carries. He had 32 carries last week. Look at the favorable game script, how it plays out for them, and what we're going to see this week. Montgomery, to me, still makes sense. But, Sal, I want to spend a little bit on Miles Sanders, not because I'm an Eagles fan. Personally, um, I hate the team at this point, and I want them to lose. But I have had fun watching Jalen Hurts carve up opposing defenses because I've been used to three and outs for the first 14 weeks of the season. But Miles Sanders is in a spot where if he gets the workload, he could legitimately break the slate. You could see two monster long touchdowns. The guy has a ton of, uh, has a massive ability to go break one loose after five runs of negative yards or a couple of yards. But can we trust Doug Peterson at all to get him the football? And that is the biggest question here because his price tag is at $7,000 this week. Yeah, so I think that Miles Sanders, I mean, it's it's a slate that lacks superstar upside from a running back position. You don't have your your Henrys, your Cooks, your Kamars, Aaron Jones to an extent. They're not on the slate. I think that Miles Sanders right now, he's right next to Eckler as my two favorite plays. And assuming that he's not going to be highly owned, he might be my favorite play in the slate. Like Dallas has been, we remember the first month and a half, two months of the season where they were getting just destroyed. And they still are in the secondary, but their run defense is worse. They allow wow. the second most rushing yards so far this season. They are right now bottom 10 in tackling, bottom 10 in rush defense. They've just not been good by any means. And yeah, Sanders comes in with a week where for the first time this year, he saw 100% of the backfield carries. That's encouraging, 17 overall, and a really good match. Now, still been efficient. We talked about last week, the big play upside that he has. The one concern I would have is if you're going to see Jalen Hurts check down. You saw four receptions on four targets two weeks ago. This past week, just two overall targets. So we do want to see that a little bit more, especially when they're playing from behind. But at $7,000, I think it's a fair price point. And now that he's at like 7K flat, I think it might be a little bit of sticker shot comes up a hundred dollars. People might go to Montgomery more. So in that range, just pay up for Nick Chubb. So yeah, I think Sanders might be assuming ownership remains neutral or low, probably the best running back playing the slate for me right now. I wish I disagreed. I really do. Ben, the, the Dallas Cowboys are allowing a league worst 168, 61.8 yards per game on the ground. 161.8. They've already allowed almost 2,300 rushing yards on the season and a league worst five yards per attempt. You can't find any redeeming qualities when it comes to saying, okay, maybe they'll put things together and they'll be able to stop Sanders. Is it possible? Sure, weird stuff happens. But the volume is the biggest concern that we have for Sanders. If I told, if I guaranteed you that Sanders touched the ball 20 times, how many lineups would you have him at? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's a little weird just because, in theory, to me, going to Jalen Hurts would be – a actual problem for, for a guy like Miles Sanders because he's very mobile. He right. can vulture it, but he's unlocked the offense as a whole. And it obviously is helping Sanders and everybody else. So it's a trade-off that if it regresses and they are not as effective, I think he's really going to be in trouble. But in a matchup like this, it seems like there's enough carries to go around for Hertz and Miles Sanders. And obviously he's not a guy that to me is volume centric. He's more like Kamara where if he gets even a handful, you can get bailed out by a 75 yard touchdown run. He has that type of ability, of course. So great matchup. And the Eagles have found something temporarily, if nothing else with hurts. So I, I get it. Like him, like Eckler more though. Sanders has 19 looks in each of his last two games. Uh, is that doable at seven K in this matchup? Yes. I'd like to see a little bit more, but I just don't know how I get away from him to be honest. Uh, ben, what about the 6K range where you've got uh, James Robinson, another guy who I think would be a pivot off Sanders if he if Sanders is popular because Robinson might not get a ton of love and he just gets such an incredible amount of work that if he's active, 
you could you could see why he would be good. Antonio Gibson, if he plays against Carolina, 6,600. And Pollard, if Elliott is out, who knows what the case will be there. He broke the slate. He's facing Philly. So there are some interesting things in the 6K range, down to Dobbins against the Giants, David Johnson against Cincinnati. Uh, and, and that's about what I'm seeing here. Yeah, it's a range that, you know, this is a first look show and we're going to see what develops. There's a lot of ifs, there's a lot of Q tags, um, and there's not anyone that really sticks out. <laughs> David Johnson, it's been frustrating all year. The Texans, Duke, David Johnson, it doesn't really matter who's back there. It's very, very tilting. Now he gets 11 targets from the clouds last week. If he's going to get that, uh, that'll work just fine at 6,100 against the Bengals. So he caught my eye, uh, 19 touches in, in all those carries, uh, all those targets can really add up quickly. So I get it. I, it's not a range. I think that is going to be too popular on the whole though. Does this, uh, the range do anything for you, Sal? Yeah, they all look kind of similar. I'm almost hoping James Conner finally returns because I'm fine to get there as a favorite in this spot. I mean, he's somebody that he's been so underwhelming for a lot of people in fantasy, but he keeps getting 18, 19 touches in these games. He's right now on a per-touch basis. He's top 10 in yards created and evaded tackles, which shocked me. Like, James Conner's actually been good this year. He just continues to be hurt and playing hurt during some of that. So if he returns, he's somebody that I would actually like to get to. People sour on his team in general right now. Yeah, David Johnson's tough because he did it all in the passing game for the first time really ever with Deshaun Watson. So it's concerning to want to go right back there after he did nothing on the ground. And Duke Johnson and CJ Procise were out last week. If they're back, I might avoid that. I think Carson comes in as a nice GPP play. You really can't attack on the outsides with – it's going to be difficult with Metcalf and Lockett uh, and David Moore really to attack the Rams. I think in the running game is one spot where it could be a little bit softer for them. He's been very efficient on a per touch basis. A 7% touchdown rates also helped that. So it's kind of just a GPP range. Like I wouldn't really touch much for here for cash. Chris Carson, James Conner, uh, kind of have to see with some of these injuries with Zeke, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson hurt his ankle. He's going to be questionable probably now. So you got to keep up with all that. It's just kind of a low owned range. Just go to the guy who's lower owned. You dipped into uh, the 5K range with, with Connor Sell, and I think this is a range where it's the most intriguing, just from a conversational standpoint, at least early in the week, because you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, doubtful to play. Uh, Le'Veon Bell carried the ball 15 times in that win over the Kansas or over the New Orleans Saints, only targeted once, but, you know, 16 looks, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire came out of that game uh, after having 14 attempts, so... That's a lot of work that's getting shoveled over to to Le'Veon Bell if Clyde Edwards sits, and it does appear that he will. Kareem Hunt, another one in this spot. Does he come in super low-owned, and you say maybe they just take a massive lead and he ends up going off as he did against Baltimore uh, in that that massive shootout? Uh, And then Melvin Gordon against his former team. Two touchdowns last week, but for some reason, we continue to see Phillip Lindsay get equal if not more work despite Melvin Gordon for the most part at least over the past one plus months be far more effective as a back yeah and like the range in general is very similar to the six range I I do think that I probably lean up top to go to more Le'Veon Bell if the ownership stays there because it's going to be tough to get to these chief stacks we'll see if that just leads to me generally getting more Le'Veon Bell because I'm probably not going to stack up Bell with Mahomes all that much we saw him run a decent amount of routes a good amount actually after uh, Clyde Richler left around 13 which was good to see he's going to be a full work horse back in this spot as a 10 point favorite highest team total on the slate we're just gonna have to see what happens with his injury he got a little bit nicked up then Darrell Williams comes in as a really nice cheap option so Bell stands out outside of already mentioned Connor in that range then yeah after that I I just kind of have to wait and see what happens with all these other guys if any of them really open up whether you want to go to some GPP type plays like Kareem Hunt it's a 
basically a $2,000 difference off of his teammate, Nick Chubb, for a guy who can see similar to equal work late. We've seen in a couple of games this year. So right now, Melvin Gordon, more of a touchdown guy. And the thing last week was you saw Philip Lindsay get more involved in the passing game. The guy had like four catches coming into last week, ran some of the most shots he's ran all year, saw the most targets that he's seen, uh, the second most so far this season. So that's a little bit concerning for Melvin Gordon, who relied on the touchdowns now as an underdog. So yeah, it's, it is a gross slate outside of uh, some of that upper 6K range all the way up to the top. It really is. And Ben, I, Melvin Gordon at this price could have legit. I, I talked about it on the showdown slate. This was or on Saturday night, right? If he, he should be the guy that eventually gets the bulk of work. And, and as a testament to that, since week nine, Philip Lindsay is averaging 2.9 yards per carry. Like it's just, it shouldn't be happening that they're getting similar workloads, but it is. But it is. Yeah. That's, that's always a tricky part of DFS, what you think should happen and what is actually right. happening. Um, Le'Veon Bell, of course, stands out, but he's going to stand out to the field. Ownership will tell the tale. I think he's going to be very, very popular. Uh, and if that's the case, I'll roll the dice with guys like Kareem Hunt um, working down a little bit. I think Gio coming off an island game where he thrived always gets an ownership bump because of that. He's a reasonable pay down option. So there are names down here. It's just... Uh, you know, obviously it's slim picking. And then you've got the Rams situation. I do think both guys will probably get their opportunities. It's not the best spot in the world, but with acres out, you've got Henderson, you've got Brown. Kyle Heck, thank you for the super chat. He said, how much would a one-on-one zoom call hour or so long with any of the awesome guys cost? Well, More than five bucks, fella. <laughs> I'll tell you this much though. Honestly, it would only cost you $1 because what you should do you sign up for the promo code Caruso and premium office hours is probably one of the most underutilized features we have on the site. We hop in there, you get all the experts have different hours and it's basically you answer questions on strategy on process and you get direct access to Alex to ship my money to Lofi, to myself, to all the guys there. So that is a super, super underutilized thing. You get it with Slack chat, you come on in and that is a great way to hone your skills and not just talk about plays, but talk about process. That was truly some professional shit right there, Ben. Highly impressed. Highly impressed by that. It's true, though. Uh, Office hours, every day there's someone in there helping you out. Is it a one-on-one video Zoom call? No. No, but, you know, it'll get you where you need to go, and I think you'll get a lot of help along the way. Sal, and by the way, Kyle, thank you for the super chat. I do appreciate it. What are your thoughts? Anybody else dirt cheap here that you're willing to look at? Gio Bernard got 25 carries yesterday. Man, I could kill him. I could kill him after what happened against Dallas. Uh, and then Daryl Henderson, I don't know, Cam Akers is out, but that backfield terrifies me if, if Cam Akers isn't going to play. Yeah, and it is a pretty tough matchup. You saw Malcolm Brown, who they like to use on some passing downs a little bit more than Akers. He saw some more snaps, but I think that was more so game flow trailing to the Jets. Yeah, I mean, you guys mentioned that it. it's really just Gio and Daryl Henderson. I mean, Todd Gurley just continues to die each week. Like Ido Smith, they're saying, is now the primary ball uh, hand, ball handler with the NBA starting primary back there. So, yeah, I'm not going to go to Ty Johnson. It's Giovanni Bernard in this range, if anything, but I could probably fade that after a big Monday night football game as well. Yeah, Ben, Gio, before we have any ownership for me right now, is the one guy that I'd be willing to consider just because Houston's defense is, is pretty awful. Absolutely. Um, and like I said, coming off that game – it's frustrating. I more I know you you were more frustrated than most with that whole situation, but it definitely stands Adam, out. Adam as well. He was pretty tilted. We were talking about it yesterday. Yeah, that's it's a brutal spot. But, uh, you know, coming off that against Houston, whose run defense is down there with the Cowboys right they now. They really are. Uh, yep, really bad. 
they're allowing the same amount of yards per carry and only like 10 less yards per game. So yeah, good call. Uh, Ben, let's talk wide receivers here at the top. Tyree kill Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson against his former team in Jacksonville. That's a tasty matchup. Keenan Allen. I don't know if Anthony Lynn is going to, to play all these guys at full capacity and it scares me. Robert Woods, uh, he closes out the seven K range. Anyone you really like here? Uh, yeah, Allen Robinson uh, stands out. Sal talked about it. For some reason, the Vikings are able to contain him, but he's having another good year despite the quarterback issues. Going to have the targets, Trubisky, and this this team. David Montgomery, of course, is doing a lot of work, but that's in perfect game scripts. It's not a huge stretch to think that Jacksonville could hang in the game or that they pump up the passing volume. So 7,700, obviously, goes without saying. Tyreek Hill, Ridley, those guys in that game. Uh, of course, are great plays. But if you can take a little savings in the mid-sevens, I don't mind him, and I don't mind buying right back on these Rams receivers after a really disappointing effort last week. Sal, what about you up top? Yeah, if, I, if I'm – I mean, the mid-range looks like my favorite spot, but Allen Robinson up top would be the one guy that I do get to in terms of just the target share that he's been commanding. Mooney's slowly starting to take that in the red zone, which is concerning because he was – the last couple of weeks at least because, I mean, it was basically just Allen Robinson and some Jimmy Graham in the red zone. So it could be a little bit of a concern as the price goes up, but I think the volume will be enough for him to be fine and be able to get there. And then after that, I mean, I want to just go back to DK Metcalf, and now he has probably his toughest match of the year. He's dominated these matchups before. He came in in most contests like 2 or 3% owned last week. Russ has been honestly bad. He's been pressured a lot. He's been outside the top 10 quarterbacks the last five weeks, last six weeks. So Metcalf, if he's going to, I mean, 2% last week, I don't know how he goes above that this week. He's somebody that like as a one-off in some single entry lineups that I could probably get to is just hold your nose and hope that it goes for 30. Yeah. Do you like anyone in the 6K range? Well, that's, that's a dumb question. How much do you like some of these guys in the 6K range? Because – yeah. Jarvis is up there in price against the Jets. He's almost 7K now. Julio is vying, he's trying to play. Like, I, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this, but he is really doing everything in his power to get them to let him play. He was doing those, um, what is it, plasma-rich therapy or something yeah, like so that. Funny. He's lobbying to get back on the field. That still scares me, though, if he's not 100%. McLaurin against Carolina. Cooper Cup, big disappointment, but now he's got the Seahawks. Deontay Johnson, just monster targets every week. Brandon Cooks against the Bengals. I really think this range could have some big, big performers this week. Yeah, I do too. And, that, and that's where I kind of lean to go towards uh, right now. And it, it also fits up with some stacks. So Julio would be a guy that I like a lot, 6,800, maybe more than all those 7K plus guys taking into account the price range. There's been two concerns with him coming off of injury this year. And I mean, they were somewhat easy matchups. The first one definitely was. He puts up 35 plus fantasy points against Minnesota, comes back from injury in week 13 against the Saints. And he ends up putting up six catches, 10 targets and 94 yards and just misses like maybe the catch of the year for a touchdown, which would have exploded him. So if he comes back, like he's going to play through some stuff. Um, I'll end up getting there with likely ends up being some lower ownership. If you get somehow a, a chief, uh, cheap, chief stack with a hardman in there, it could be a run back, but Julio's that first guy. And then you kind of mentioned all the other guys for me, Deontay, even in the worst of worst games, he still comes out with 11 targets, catches half of them, 50 plus yards. And that's like a floor for this guy at this point, Brandon cooks in some Houston stacks is where I'll go there. You're just getting a consistent six plus targets. Half of them are usually 20 plus yards downfield like last week. So those are probably the three guys that like, as of right now that we've talked about, Allen Robinson's in that category a little bit, but so far since we've talked are maybe my three favorite wide receivers, Julio Deontay and Brandon cooks. Ben, the six K range is range is just scattered with good players and good spots this week. No doubt. I mean, those guys, you know, obviously in play, I'm going to throw in Terry McLaurin, who despite the quarterback issues, he gets the work 
good matchup. Panthers coming in. They need the game in Washington. And like I said, he's coming off a 12-target game, explosive. Uh, I think I'll have opportunities. And he, ha- he has been a little quiet, which is good because, to me, ownership is more important than consistency with a guy like that, ceiling type, big-time you know, upside. So he's there. And then, again, the Rams receivers – it's a range where I, I wouldn't be shocked to see me have two or even three receivers if I build very balanced, especially uh, if you pay down with some mid-range running backs. Will McNeil says he's never won a dime on NBA. Going to check out the $1 Osimo thing. It's a dollar, dude. You know, like, what do you have to lose? But he said, uh, hopefully they have some tools or tutorials on how to use the tools. We have a ton of tutorials and we're actually working on all of those tools. They should be done any day now, so... Uh, if you have questions, you can obviously ask anyone. And like Ben said, join that Slack chat as well. Yeah, uh, premium because office hours as well. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, office hours, Slack, all of that stuff. Um, ben, let me stick with you here. The 5K spot is another one where I'm looking at – like Amari Cooper, I don't know if Darius Slay is going to play, but Amari Cooper, we've seen what these quality outside receivers can do to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, my guess right now is Michael Gallup does not play. He's not ruled out yet, but it looks like he's closer going to be closer to doubtful than questionable, which would leave Amari and CeeDee Lamb. Amari's 5,700. I love it. Anderson's down to 5,500. His salary's plummeted below DJ Moore. Kike QT against Cincy. CeeDee Lamb's 5,300. You know, even Sammy Watkins is 5K. I hate that play, but, you know, <laughs> huge total. Kansas City's good, so there's that. But Amari Cooper... Uh, he could be the guy that, that makes or break the week for me. It's still early, but that's what I'm looking at right now. I assume uh, he will be someone I like a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, the Cowboys, obviously, they have weapons on the outside. The targets were in flux. He was quiet. But if Gallup sits, and even if he doesn't, Amari um, has shown time and time again, he can get it done. Not on people's minds, reasonable tag at home. Kind of everything I really want. I, I don't think ownership will funnel there in any giant way you do have other options i want to see we'll see what's up with tyler boyd uh obviously left with a concussion on the short week but if if he's good to go you know concussions are are very binary it's not like you're limited you either play or you don't sub 5k off off a flat zero of course because he got hurt i'll probably go there in that game i like the cincinnati houston game uh for a lot of reasons yeah me too and we can talk t higgins at 4700 as well shard higgins at 4800 dollars uh this is probably a range that, like, Sal, you can go further down if you want, down into the 4 or 3K range or whatever. But Higgins, T, uh, Higgins, or sorry, Rashard Higgins and T. Higgins, uh, and even guys like Crowder is priced in the basement at 4500 I think we will be able to get some good cheap value that might actually see some volume at wide receivers, surprisingly, this week. Yeah, I think so. We've seen DJ Moore play really well now in just a couple of games. Missed that game with the the COVID stuff in between that, but he's been playing well. Really tough matchup for him at $5,800. And then a lot of stuff from a stacking standpoint or runbacks. You wanted to play Jalen Hurts. You have Amari and CeeDee Lamb. Lamb's been one of the most consistent receivers in the league this year in terms of just getting six and seven targets per game. It's obviously dropped off in terms of the upside getting to the red zone without Dak, but he's still fine at 5,300. Get Amari dropping down after one bad game at 5,700 now. So those are all guys from a stacking standpoint. And I wouldn't be shocked if Kiki Kuta, I think he was my second high zone wide receiver last week, just from being a guy that's consistent, sees red zone looks, and now I'm going to have interest in playing Watson. So it's just an easy way to kind of fit in these stacks. Like these Houston guys are not expensive at all when you want to pair them up. So I wouldn't be shocked if I got him as like my highest owner of this bunch. Doesn't mean I really like him the most, but just a salary thing with uh, stacking it up, probably get a lot of Kiki Kuta. For sure. Yeah, uh, I'm just 
all over some of these lower range players and maybe it's a mistake, but I might even consider if, if I do have hurts and everyone's running him naked, Jalen Rager had eight targets last game. Uh, he actually came out of that game late with an ankle injury. I'm assuming he would have gotten more opportunity, but uh, Ben, if you want to round out the position here, yeah, I even think Guyton is at 3,200. If Keenan Allen, I don't know what's up with Allen and Williams. Like if they don't play, then we're going to have a ton of value for the chargers. The Visca Chenault's at 3,700. There are some options down here for sure. Yeah. Jerry Judy, 3,700. There, there's some guys here. They're either on bad teams or in bad spots, but it's not to say we totally discount them. Even Mike Williams, obviously he's always got the back issues. Like if, if for some reason we get clarity that he is good to go, that's a, that's a guy, again, these ceilings are, are intact. It's just the floor is zero for a lot of them. So uh, with, between the Bengals guys, the one-offs, and, and, you know, when we talk to loop it back to the quarterbacks, you know, Baker's guys, and even Mahomes to a lesser extent, some of the second and third and fourth options are down here. If you need to leverage or save money, I, I anticipate going down here, especially as more and more value opens up due to injuries. Anything else at the receiver position, Sal, before we go to a tight end here? Yeah, I think I want to take advantage of the – I didn't really touch on it too much on how much I like Hurts this week, but I want to take advantage of these receivers because I do think there's a notion of, like, this is kind of Lamar Jackson-esque. You stack him with one guy or really just run him naked. And honestly, he's, like, discount Lamar this week for $1,000 less. But he is – again, seven guys saw three or more targets last week. A regular star, eight. Uh, Goddard for the second week in a row saw six or more. Those are the two guys I'd really be looking at. Greg Ward, he's been looking at in the red zone, but lower volume. I don't think that stands up. So Rager, if he's healthy, is, is probably a guy that maybe including the five carries that I like the most in this league because – I mean, this matchup is fantastic, and Hertz proved it last week to me that, okay, we saw the running game two weeks ago. Last week, the arm was there in what was an easier matchup than the Saints. Now you're going to get an even easier matchup this week. Uh, the volume's there. I think it's going to connect with Rager if he's healthy. Yep, I like Rager as well. Uh, and it, we could even get into Goddard and Ertz, who are just bottomed out in salary as well. Not exciting plays, but when they're cheap enough, we can have that conversation. One last thing, guys. Uh, we're doing a giveaway it's a huge giveaway. It's a $1,000 value, Awesome Plus, all access annual pass. And all you have to do is go and check out our, our pin tweet at Awesome underscore com. Just all you have to do is follow the instructions on the graphic. You predict whether Kawhi or LeBron scores more points. If you get it right, we'll select someone randomly to win $1,000. $1,000 value, Awesome Plus. It's the entire calendar year. And we're also doing even more $400 NBA Osmo plus valued at uh, or Osmo plus annual. Go to the Instagram handle and check that out at Osmo underscore com. Check it out. And by the way, all of our shows you can listen to in podcast form, whether you want to listen to Spotify, Osmo podcast, whatever you have on your, your droid, or I don't even know how those phones work, Ben, but uh, we're everywhere. Just search Osmo and the shelf life, the shows with a shelf life. They, after they air, you can either check them out here or on any podcast platform. All right, let's uh, let's close this one out, fellas. It's been a fun show. Tight end, Kelsey in a league of his own, 8,500. And then it falls off to Mark Andrews. He's the only player be- between five and 8,000. He's 5,700. Uh, and then you just get down to the Logan Thomas, Noah Fant, Hunter Henry range, uh, and Eric Ebron, who I probably think doesn't play this week, Ben. Yeah, probably not. Uh, obviously, if you, if you have the money, go get Travis Kelsey. Mark Andrews is, is always going to be interesting if this is how they structure it because the logical thing is to either go get Kelsey or completely punt. So, like, most people aren't going to be looking to spend 57 uh, on a tight end like that. But he's still going to make his plays, and Lamar has looked better. I'll probably try to, to work down, though, into, like, the mid-threes. You've got Austin Hooper there. He's a good attachment to Baker if you want to be a little different. 
Uh, you've got Evan Ingram there. Your boy Hurst found the end zone, five targets. Really nice call by you on Sunday. So there are there are guys there, and you're not paying even close to what you would uh, with these top end guys. What do you think, Sal? Tight end, top of it. Yeah, so uh, the top of it, I think I would end up going to Andrews there. We saw just even more routes run. They didn't really have that many dropbacks, but very similar to how it's been. But you saw an even higher target rate for his routes, which was good to see. Just fully in sync after missing a couple games with Lamar right now. Even Hollywood Brown got back to normal for the first time like all year, which was good to see as well, air yards. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of lean to punt down if I'm not going to have like a Kelsey plus Hardman stack. And there's some options down here. Like Dallas Goddard already mentioned, he might be my favorite tight end play once I look into some other stuff later in the week ownership. But then Jordan Aikens, back-to-back weeks of six targets. Last week, well, not this past week, but two weeks ago, he drops a touch on everybody sees that, kind of goes sour, becomes kind of unowned, and then gets another nice matchup, has the third highest catch rate on the slate, the highest separation. I mean, he's wide open in the end zone, so hopefully we can just get these touchdowns caught next time because he's getting open nonstop. It's very similar to how Robert Tonyan is playing this year, Darren Waller's playing this year, in terms of a tight end just running downfield open. That's what he's doing right now, and it's slowly keeping the targets, slowly seeing around 28, 30 routes per game, and he's just 3,300 against Cincy. So Jordan Akins and Goddard stand out to me. Austin Hooper returned from that one-game hiatus with a neck injury, played 75 or 70% of snaps, and had himself a, a heck of a game, $3,500. He hauled in five of six for 41 and a touchdown. You'll take that all day at a mid-3K range at just 3200 Ben, anything else here? And then we'll do our, I know everyone loves this, cheapest defense under 2900 By the way, I think we're all going to be keyed in on, on the, there's two of them here, which means that really no reason not to just punt once again every week. What do you say, Ben? Anything else at tight end? No, Aikens is a good call. I stuck with him last week and, and actually kind of got paid off a little bit, but that, I mean, how he dropped that one in the sun is beyond me. He is an, another way. <laughs> going to let that go. I'm, I'm really not. Um, you know, these quarterbacks, there's only a finite amount of ways to stack. When you add in a tight end, though, uh, in addition, you know, I've seen a lot of people run, if they're cheap, you can run two receivers and the tight end if you really think it gets out there. Cumulative salary does is not an issue with teams like the Bears and teams like, uh, you know, the the Texans. So I don't mind that. And he's another guy worth mentioning for sure. Sal, anything else here? I don't, I didn't see any real cheap options, like dirt cheap options. I liked. Yeah. No, like everybody's been trying to play or a lot of people that I see just like Twitter Hollister for like the past two months and he finally got there in the end zone. So I think next year will be the next time he pays off. So I'm not going to go there. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us all the way through the end here. We'll wrap it up as we always do with the most pointless segment of every show, but it's fun. So we'll do it anyway. Sal, cheapest defense or one defense under $2,900 for this week. Yeah. So, I mean, the Texans sit there at 28 and I can't do it because I've been playing them a lot in each of the last three weeks. Their price point keeps going down and they've scored three, two and one points over the last three weeks. So, I mean, it makes sense now against Ryan Finley or Brandon Allen that it, it'll flat back the other way but I'm not going to go there. I'll just punt all the way down at this point and well, not all the way down, but I'll go down to the Jaguars at $2,200. I think some other defenses look appealing, but I'll save that actually like 600 bucks on a week where a lot of expensive quarterbacks look appealing. Ben, what about you? I was going to say the Jaguars. Uh, I'll say the Panthers just because I don't really believe in Washington's offense. $2,700. They're a little better than like, I, I think the Jaguars are totally fine. The problem is they're just such a bad defense. Not that that really matters too much as crazy as it sounds. I'll go with the Panthers, though. I think they could cause some problems for Washington. All right. Um, Jaguars, 2200 Jets, $2,000. Yeah. Like, if I end up with some Jets, it is what it is. You know, Baker Mayfields look good, but this man is definitely not averse to making some terrible decisions. 
Kevin Stefanski has definitely improved that, but I'm just going dirt cheap. Shouldn't really matter all that much. Guys, hit that thumbs up before you go. And again, help us get to 50,000 subscribers. If you like what we do here, subscribe to the channel. We'll always show up on your recommended feed and the browse feature. You know when we go live and while you're just doing us a favor in the process. One more thing. If you missed the strategy show, NBA, it just happened. Check that out. Uh, Josh Engelman, Alex Baker took went an hour for the two game slate. You got the deeper dive coming up later today at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And that's followed by NBA Live Before Lock. Two straight hours, as we always do now that NBA season is back. Be sure to follow Salvetri at Salvetri DFS. Ben at Jazz DFS. Myself, Lafay underscore D. It's L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And Awesome underscore com. Get yourself entered in that giveaway. Win a $1,000 annual pass. There's nothing to lose. All right, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Top Stacks and Ownership Edition right here at awesome.com. Mm-hmm.